In a world where Aristotle in mid-300 BC realized the Earth was round, but cross-eyed Jimmy down the road with a penchant for anime and day drinking is convinced it's flat and will show you the blog and low-def <laughs> YouTube videos to prove it is. Let's get back to the reality of weird. This weird. is Strange Shenanigans. I'm Stan and the Nessie superfan sitting beside me. Her very fashionable tinfoil hat is my co-host, Ashley. Ashley and Nessie's real. Today we talk about folklore and more specifically the stories of black dogs which is a folklore tale that has multiple origins in the world and may predate the written word. So do you think the bad stories about black dogs move over to the poor black cats and that's why they have a bad rap? I think black animals in general get a bad rap. It seems a little sketchy weird. there. Yeah, right? Prejudice starting with animals. I think a lot Not of it cool, though man. too is you convince your, can convince yourself in the dead of night that you saw a darkly colored animal a lot more easily than you can convince yourself that you saw a bright white cat, you know? That's true. Yeah. So, uh, the first one I've got is the Black Dog of Aylesbury. A man who lived in a village near Aylesbury in Buckinghamshire would go out each morning and night to milk his cows in a distant field. <laughs> One night on his way to the fields, he encountered a sinister black dog, and every night thereafter until he brought a friend along with him. When the dog appeared again, he attacked it using the yoke of his milk pails as a weapon. But when he did so, the dog vanished, and the man fell senseless to the ground. He was carried home alive, but remained speechless and paralytic for the rest of his life. Over this dog? Mm Mm-hmm. That's weird. So a lot of the stories are from England... Uh, Scotland, Ireland. So Ireland has similar stories just like that guy, only they're about their fairy forest pigs. Yeah. So that's pretty crazy that they have black dog ones and they have the same ones about pigs that live in the forest. Yeah. The, the, The next one is the black dog of Newgate. The black dog of Newgate has haunted the Newgate prison for over 400 years, appearing before executions. According to the legend... In 1596, a scholar was sent to the prison for witchcraft, but was killed and cannibalized by starving prisoners before he was given a trial. The dog was said to appear soon after, and although the terrified men killed their guards and escaped, the beast is said to have hunted them down and killed them wherever they fled. (laughs) It's an evil dog right Right. there. So not all the black dogs are evil. But a good eighty percent of them are. Some of them are are warnings to travelers to protect them. Others are sinister beings or phantasms. Phantasms, right? Fantastic. One of the the most commonly known one is Black Shuck in <laughs> Norfolk, Suffolk, Lincolnshire, in northern parts of Essex. A black do- dog known as Black Shuck. There are tales that in 1577 it attacked the church in the market town of Bungay, killing two people and appearing on the same day at the church in a nearby village of Blythburg, taking the lives of another three and leaving claw marks which remain to this day. In the parish of the Overstrand is a lane known as Shuck's Lane from its frequent appearances there. According to the urban legends, at the spot where it was just seen is examined, then one may find scorch marks and the smell of brimstone. You. <clears throat> so in New England... Of course. The stories carry over, obviously. 
all these stories too. Uh, uh, lots of people think that they originate in England, but a bunch of them are carried over from uh, way back, like Germanic tribal people. You know, during you know the rise of Rome and stuff, used <laughs> to have black dog tails. So what if us drunk New Englanders come up right, with this exactly. time? <laughs> Uh, New England black dog tails come from southeastern Massachusetts in the area known by some as Bridgewater Triangle. In the mid-1970s, the town of Abington was reportedly terrorized by a large black dog that caused a panic. A local uh, fireman saw it attacking horses. Local police unsuccessfully searched for it. At first, they didn't see the black dog, but eventually a police officer sighted the dog walking along the train tracks shot at it apparently the bullets had no effect on the animal and it walked off never to be seen again in uh north north america in general the lore or of uh black dogs has a particular thing to do with long-haul truckers (laughs) seeing a black dog with red eyes in your peripheral vision is a sign of a fatal crash being imminent oh comforting off immediately some think the dog is just the eyes beginning to subconsciously close, causing a black spot in the corner of the eye. So all truckers listening now are going to see it just because you put it in their yeah. head. So Good there's, going. There's some, <laughs> there's some people, there's lots of theories out there, okay? So why black dogs? Why are there hundreds of thousands of stories throughout human history with such similarity and consistency? The old world explanation always had the similar factors that the hound was a former human who made deals with the devil and live out their afterlife experience as a horrifying beast intent to spread fear and omens of death. Some people attribute the spectral dogs of night to another popular nighttime tradition, especially in historical England. The tradition would be to enjoy some to a lot of alcohol in the (laughs) evenings before stumbling down dark lanes and alleys. The perfect recipe for your brain to turn the mildest of animals into a terrifying beast. But I'm going to be on the Brit side in this, just for just for a second, because I'm a nerd. Mm-hmm. And during the Tudor era, it was actually safer to drink pretty much <clears throat> ale all day at all ages. Even the children were drinking ale than the water so because it was so contaminated and, and dirty. So I'm going to be on their side for just a second and say, well, it was either really gross, contaminated, icky water or ale that was sterilized. So my theory, and I like, uh, I I like this other explanation that is only really kind of touched on, and I kind of had to like generalize it myself. Humans have had a long and turbulent relationship with dogs. It wasn't until the later part of human history that we saw them as man's best friend and not as a horrifying force to be reckoned with. Have you seen our dog? She's yeah. not much of a force to be reckoned but, with. <laughs> In human, you know, the biology of a human, I'm sure there is some sort of inherent fear of gigantic dogs, okay? Just because our ancestors had to fight to stay alive because of these giant, terrifying animals through most of human history. Wolves. Well, I guess so, but, you know, puppies are cute. Yeah, but... They're adorable. All right, so the reality of it, every one of these stories, they're like, it had glowing yellow, red, or white eyes. Yes. All dogs 
in night, if there's any sort of backlighting whatsoever, have glowing red, yellow, or white eyes. It's true. Most animals it's do. It's part of their biology. It's a reflection of, it's a collection of light into their eyes so that they have better night vision. So it appears that their eyes are glowing. So that's one major factor. And the other factor is, if you're alone in the middle of the night and there's a dog type of animal or any animal that you can't see but you can see its eyes you're going to imagine it to be way worse than it is oh yeah if you hear any sound at night and you're alone it's way worse no matter what it is it's an animal or some serial killer coming after you right every time exactly do you want to move on to my next segment or do you got something for us absolutely let's move on all right so my next segment is uh Specifically, uh, Lake Monsters of Canada. Lake Monsters of Canada, yeah. eh? Yeah, eh? What do they got? The so the the common one, which is actually goes all the way back to native storytelling in Canada. They now call it the Cataborosaurus, right? <laughs> nicknamed Caddy by uh, journalist Archie Wills, as a sea serpent in folklore. Of the regions of Pacific Coast North and uh, North America, so but uh, like the the sea serpent itself, like the Pacific Coast natives actually painted it on their on their on their large boats to ward it away from them. Okay. So it's always existed in in stories, but there have been some who've claimed to see it. There have been more than three hundred claimed sightings. During the past 200 years, including Deep Cove and Saanich Inlet, Island View Beach, both of which are also on the Saanich Peninsula, and at San Francisco Bay, California. In 2009, fisherman Kelly Nash reportedly filmed several minutes of footage featuring 10 to 15, including young creatures, in the Neshugak Bay. Uh, I watched the video after I read this. Um, Yeah, it's a bunch of seals. Oh, it's just cute little seals. Yeah, it's it's my seal seals. women. You can you can go find it. All you gotta do is is Google Fisherman Kelly Nash video, and you're gonna see a bunch of blurry ass seals. Is what you're gonna <laughs> see. Uh, so selkies. The first one that we we have by name is the Manipogo. Is a lake monster said to live in Lake Manitoba, in Manitoba, Canada. The creature was dubbed Manipogo in 1960. And uh, the name echoing British uh, Columbia's Agapogo. There's also a a uh, Lake Winnipesagus monster known as the Winnipogo, though Winnipogo. possibly to be the same creature since the lakes are connected. Uh, the monster is described in being from 13 to 49 feet long. Wait, 13 to 49 yeah. feet? Could Just, be either, you know. All right, that's could a be big 13, difference. Or it could be... Four times that much. <laughs> um, it's long, muddy brown body with humps that show above the water and a sheep-like head. Wait, a sheep-like head? Yep. Okay. The local native population has legends of serpent-like creatures in the Lake Manitoba going back hundreds of years. Um, sightings of lake monsters have been reported since the 1800s. In 1909, Hudson Bay Company fur trader Valentine McKay reports Ooh. seeing a massive creature in Cedar Lake. In 1935, timber inspector C.F. Ross and a friend saw the creature. On its head was a single horn, and its head had a 
was small and flat. To them, it looked very much like a dinosaur. In 1948, C.P. Alcaric reported that some sort of creature rose 1.8 meters, 6 feet, out of the lake and gave a prehistoric-type dinosaur cry. Whatever the hell that means. <laughs> That's very specific. How do we know what a dinosaur cry yeah, even sounds exactly. like? <laughs> In 1957, Louise Belcher and Eddie Nip Panic saw a giant serpent-like creature in the lake. And in 1962... Fisherman uh, Richard Vincent and John Kennefell saw a large creature-like serpent or giant snake 55 meters away from their boat. Wait, 55 meters? From their boat. From not, their not, boat. Not how big it was. No, right, but from their boat. That's still a pretty big distance. Yes, yeah, that's, that's it. This is another big distance right, one. exactly. They're always, like, really big distances away. Nessie and Bigfoot are, are always hundreds well, this one's of even miles closer away. In the 1960s... All right. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Stopel saw a reptile-like beast surfacing about 9 meters, 30 feet, from their boat. In 1989, Sean Smith and family visiting from Minneapolis on a camping trip... Uh, off highway number six on lake manitoba and saw what he described as many humps in the lake about 24 meters off the shore that's 80 feet 1997 several reports by cross-country campers from quebec staying at lundar beach campground saw what appeared to be a large reptile head rise and fall into the water several hundred feet offshore and the swimmers were evacuated it was dismissed later as a floating log but no log was found 2004, <laughs> commercial fisherman Keith Hayden uh, of Newfoundland reported several of his fishing nets on Lake Manitoba near the Narrows to be torn up and seemed like an ocean shark or killer whale had ripped pieces out of it. The fishes fish in the net were bitten clean in half by Gross. a large set of teeth. Uh, 2009, Twin Lakes residents reported seeing several humps a few hundred yards from their lakefront cottages. 2011, uh, sightings of several humps emerging, then submerging seen offshore at locations in Marshy Point, Scotch Bay, or Tina Beach by security personnel who were searching and keeping, trying to keep control over some flooded homes in the area. Uh, the only true investigation of this that's not a bunch of crackpots with blurry <laughs> cameras was in the 1960s by professor james a mcloyd of the university of manitoba um he investigated the creature by trying to locate any types of marine of remains in the lake or around the lake anywheres um there were none none not at all there never is no there never is no, an educated person actually tries to go and find them. Very slim chance we'll find anything, <clears throat> isn't it? No, not usually. And if we do find it, we have to take the blurriest, pixelist picture right. it's, ever it's of it. Never seems to appear when the Discovery Channel is out there, right? Right, for how many years? National Geographic's there. He's like, nope, no photos today, folks. No, they like, I don't know, make a deal or something. I don't know. Right. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. But hey, lots of sightings. You never know. Yep. Maybe the Canadian French Nessie could be real. Right. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Yep. Or it's just a bunch of Canadians who 
hit the whiskey a little too hard. <laughs> or whatever they drink up there in Quebec. I don't know. Right. Liquefied donuts. <laughs> right. Liquefied Timmy Hose. <laughs> what what a little bit of a rum inside the Tim Hortons cup. <laughs> Maybe. <Yeah. laughs> I have a story about pigs today. The swine of the gods. A few years ago, a friend of mine told me of something that happened to him when he was a young man and out drilling with some Finians. They were but a car full and drove along a hillside until they came to a quiet place. They left the car and went further up the hill with their rifles and drilled for a while. As they were coming down again, they saw a very thin, long-legged pig of the old Irish sort. And the pig began to follow them. One of them cried out as a joke that it was a fairy pig, and they all began to run to keep up the joke. But the pig ran too. And presently, how nobody knew, this mock terror became real terror. And they ran for their lives. When they got to the car, they made the horse gallop as fast as possible. But the pig still followed. Then one of them put up his rifle to fire. But when he looked along the barrel, he could see nothing. Presently, they turned a corner and came to a village. They told the people of the village what had happened. And the people of the village took pitchforks and spades and the like. And went along the road with them to drive the pig away. When they turned the corner, they could find nothing at all. Ooh. Phantom pigs. Phantom pigs. But when I read this story last week, this led me to searching pigs in Ireland and fairy pigs. And this is a common story. Yeah. There's another story of a man who a pig chased him and he ran to his friend's house. And the pig scratched at the door all night long. And then when they finally woke up the next morning, the pig was gone. And there's many stories of like this where a pig chases someone, they go for comfort, and then the pig just disappears when someone else goes after them. That's, that's kind of weird. Like it happens a lot out of folklore. Yeah. I don't know what's up with these pigs in Ireland. And, and wild pigs aren't really a thing in Ireland. They're not very popular. Yeah. But there's a lot of these isolated stories about pigs chasing after you. Right. And then when you're in cover, they're gone. They're nowhere to be found. But there's no um, stories of pig attacks. That's weird. So it's really weird. These are really weird Irish phenomenon. So if you're in Ireland, please tell us what's going on with these pigs. Well, do, you, do you think, uh, so just running it through my head. So, oh, there's there's no wild pigs. Not really. So the pig would have to be domesticated. Yep. And the story's always of a scrawny thin pig always it's always a scrawny right. pig it's so not a wild boar a like what we have domesticated pig that has no weight on it so he's hungry and he sees people and chases them down he's probably like how do i get back to my farm in my slop <laughs> please somebody help me and then when they run away screaming he's like what the hell's going on <laughs> Wait, the poor like, pig's i guess i'll just go find somebody else to feed me <laughs> Maybe, but these stories go, this story I just read was from 1902, but they go on from like, I think the last one I read was like the 90s and the earliest one I read was like the 1800s, like 1886 or something. Yeah. So like people are talking about these fairy pigs 
for That's a while. But there's lots of stories about fairy pigs. So before you look up fairy pigs and then get on Twitter and be like, well, this fairy pig and that fairy pig. No, these fairy pigs are the one that chase you. And there's other ones that bring you like bad omens and stuff. Oh. So we've got two types of fairy pigs. That's the same thing with the black dog. Too, exactly. Though. The black dog can, can only be these three things, but those three things are all very different. One of them is bad omens, and it either you only see it or it attacks you and you survive. Nobody ever dies from the black dog except for uh, Shuck, the <laughs> one right, dog Shuck. that killed people. And those ones are said to always be demons or uh, possessed by somebody who was evil to begin with. Right, and these fairy pigs are either chasing you and disappear, yeah, or chasing you and bringing you bad omens, mm-hmm. or cursing you. Yeah, so there's the stories the of thing. of cursing you, like if you attacked the pig, essentially, you have to be going after the pig. So if you like kicked at the pig or yelled at the pig, if you did something to the fairy pig, you have some kind of weird, obscure, you know, yeah. folklore curse of where you're arm swells up or yeah. you know you start talking gibberish and your wife has to take you to the witch doctor stuff yeah. like that but yeah so i don't know ireland has this thing with pigs just like i guess the rest of the world has about the black dogs, black dogs yeah. which is really funny only ireland would turn the black dog tails into pigs, into pigs. <laughs> like, we don't got that many black dogs let's uh let's make it about pigs let's make it about pigs <laughs> Okay, next topic. So uh, I've seen a lot of it recently. Uh, there's, a, there's a page called Unexplained Maine. Ooh. Yeah, right? Which you would, with the uh, high level of UFO sightings and Bigfoot sightings. And yeah, all this they just saw Bigfoot stuff, again. Yeah, yep. that happens in Maine all the time, supposedly. You would think that this page would just be exploding with crazy, you know, cool stuff. But over the past couple days, I've been debating whether I want to just unfollow, delete, get rid of it all together. So I stopped seeing because on top of this the data mining of Facebook sees that I I follow this page and then puts up this all this just garbage suggestions of videos and stuff where it's very obviously somebody with like a Windows, you know, 2001 made it some sort of clip art video of a friggin' fake alien, and they're like, (laughs) alien life confirmed. And it's driving me nuts. Ghost in the window. the, la- the last picture from uh, this unexplained main page uh, that it was a confirmed UFO sighting and it's this blurry blob in the sky Always. and when you actually look at the picture in like scale and perspective it's very clearly a bird Aww. it's just a blurry bird <laughs> and then a couple days later another person posts and they're like oh there's lights moving over the side of this hill in the night just lights? Yeah, and they're like, it's it's confirmed that it's UFOs. And it's twice that they've been like, this specific person confirmed it's a UFO. And everybody else in the group who's following it is like, who the fuck is this guy? How How is he qualified to confirm? Right, why UFO? does he get to confirm all when of that? nobody's heard who it is. But these, these, these lights, so I watch the video because I get dragged in like always. I'm a sucker <laughs> for it. And I'm sitting there watching it and... They claim that the lights are moving along the side of the mountain through the air. It's very clearly four-wheelers or cars moving on a hillside opposite them in a clear-cutting. Oh, my and goodness. And turning around and stuff. And it's it's just headlights. 
Because it's not moving fast. It's not moving erratically. It's not changing direction. It's not in the air. <laughs> and it just drives me nuts, the crap that people put out there as, as some sort of Right, because we want real, real stuff. Thing. So the last picture I saw on Unexplained Maine, um, it's a Facebook group, and... I've been kicked out of Facebook for a few days. I can't log in on anything. I broke Facebook. Um, but so the last picture I saw, it was from a trail cam. Yeah. And it was a gentleman and his daughter hunting. And in this trail cam, it's him and his daughter. And, you know, trail cams are naturally pretty black and white, kind of blurryish, a, a little transparent. With, yeah. yeah. And they're yeah. pretty creepy to begin with. So it's him and his daughter hunting. It looks like it's daylight because it's a very clear picture. And then there's a guy behind him. And it says, look what my trail cam caught, us hunting. But this guy wasn't with us hunting. So it had to have been, I I've don't know, that picture. a wood ghost. Yeah, and, 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 but and, the guy behind him's just as clear as them. And he's but, like, oh, no one was hunting with us. But I saw that too. And I didn't think the guy was just as clearly defined as them. But it did kind of also look to me a lot like the dad. Yeah, because so it was I another see, man. I was, I was thinking it kind of looked like the dad digital photo of it somehow miscopied itself like it's right. a data error right it could have been a data error or really in and this age the, of it's just the dad behind her in the picture because right just a reflection yeah. or in this day of photoshop he was just like copy put it behind my daughter and i and if i make it just a milligram see-through yeah nobody will notice yeah, nobody's gonna tell yeah and it's like on the other what do you get out of this man well what, what i don't like I don't too get is out. on these on these Facebook, Twitter, all these other pages, you know, oh, there's constantly people being like, oh, oh, here's this picture of this thing that happened to me. And then somebody from another page, somebody will see it and be like, no, it came from this page from this person. But then on that page, it's no, it came from this page. Right. From that it's person. an endless triangle. It's, it's awful. An endless cycle of people bullshitting. So it's to the point you just don't know. And that I think that right there is where people don't believe a lot of this stuff that could have some sort of foundation in reality, like aliens, weird animals we've never seen or are, are hardly ever seen. Right. But people aren't going to believe it when there's all these jamokes out there, you know, making up stuff and, or passing stuff on as their own thing and not, then not being able to explain it afterwards. Right, and especially, I mean, if we ever actually found Bigfoot or an animal like Bigfoot, let's say he is real, with all these fake pictures of Bigfoot or me taking a picture of Bigfoot and you saying it's yours and you saying it's yours, after a while, actual scientists who want to identify this unknown primate for scientific reasons are going to be like, yeah... We're not going to bother with this. Right, because <laughs> obviously knows it's not true. It's not real to them. Yeah. <laughs> and it kind of ruins the whole scientific aspect of all this and takes yeah. all the fun away. I mean, who doesn't want to be the person to discover Bigfoot? I know. I think the big thing about all of this, you know, especially with every. You got to look at things from a perspective of skepticism at points. You can't just. The first. Even though you want it to be true, so the first badly. thing you can't <laughs> be is. That's an alien. It's, you have to look at what am I actually physically looking at. If I'm looking at a hillside across from my hillside, that doesn't mean the thing's in the air, especially when it looks like it's traversing the terrain on the ground. And I think we have the hillside lights to blame for that yeah. after all this. Yeah. Now every light we see on a hillside is like, oh, these are the hillside lights. Mm -hmm. These are the red mountain lights. This is Colorado again. And it's like, ugh. 
It's not actually. Well, and but- all of that stuff was proven to not be the aliens we were hoping for anyway. Right. And then, you know, you've also got this, the other stuff where, oh, I've got this picture of a ghost. It's like, no. You took a crap picture, and that's why it looks like there's a ghost behind you. Yeah. Because you moved the camera at the last second, and I'm sorry, but the floating ball of dust is not an orb. It's a no. floating ball of dust that reflected light back right? at the camera. It's just be clean. We need we need to look at these things with a little bit of skepticism sometimes. You can't always just be so amped up that it has to be reality. And it's not. Yeah. I mean, the likelihood of catching a ghost on camera isn't very high. Mm-mm. And again, if you catch it and it's actually yours, someone else is going to steal it yeah. now. Change your picture and say it's theirs, which takes takes the, the all of the it out of it. it. Yeah. So stop stealing other people's crap yeah. so and take better pictures. What we're going <laughs> to leave you with tonight is is be strange but be honest. Yes. <laughs> Be weird, but have some skepticism. Little bit. Okay? And keep the shenanigans up as long as they're your shenanigans. Your shenanigans. Not somebody else's shenanigans. You discover your own alien Bigfoot, Nessie, and we'll be good. Yeah, Stop stealing other people's Nessies, aliens, and Bigfoots. Then all of it be proven by now. Right. So next episode, I think we're going to talk a little bit about some... uh, Train derailments. derailments. What's going on with these trail derailments? And if you've had one happen in your town, we want to know about it. Right. Find us on The Strange Show at Twitter, because we just had one in Northern Maine, and it's time to see what's going on. I think we're also going to cover some of the recently declassified and long ago declassified aircrafts that can often be confused... As UFOs, UFOs. Lockheed in the 50s, anyone? Yep. And there's there's a lot more than just the couple planes that are now common knowledge. There's a lot of strange stuff out there that people only have a little bit of knowledge about. Gotta get it out there. I think that's all for us, folks. This has been The Strange Show. You can find us on Twitter at The Strange Show. Strange Show. And find us on Patreon, too. Get yourself a t-shirt. Give us money and stuff doing this for free don't forget to download all episodes so that every single one get the chance not just when you have the wi-fi we're on spotify and podbean and everywhere you get your podcast iHeartRadio. just pick a place we're right there it's not that hard this is ashley saying good night and see you on the strange side